Welcome to Just One More Story, a weekly podcast featuring unique and interesting stories that are inspired by true and personal events. Some are thinking, why should I listen to this podcast? Well, to be perfectly honest, who better to tell a story than the person that wrote it? And in this case, that writer is me, your host, George Walters. With that, let's get started. Hi folks, thanks for joining me this week. Today I have another story lined up for you that I think you will like, and if you listen real closely, it might even put a smile on your face. It's all about how us older folks today kept things clean while growing up on the farm many years ago. No, I'm not talking about the chicken pen or things like that. It's, well, oh, let's just get on with the story, and I hope you enjoy clothes, soaps, and things. When it comes to clothes these days, I wouldn't hesitate to say that every man, woman, and child would have at least five or six pairs of pants, shirts, dresses, or skirts hanging in their closet. Thinking about that, new clothes to me years ago consisted of three pairs of pants. One was for going out on special occasions. Not that we went out that much, and the other two were for work. The two for work I took care of more than going out pairs. If I ripped them or messed them up too much, I wouldn't have anything to wear. Laura, the lady that raised me, did a wash twice a week, which was usually Mondays and Wednesdays, and I guess occasionally on Fridays. I know it sounds like a lot of washing, but when living on a dairy farm, a person can sure get dirty. And saying that, though, my lovely wife says I can still dirty clothes today, too. (laughs) Anyways, Laura used to say she could... Never understand how a young feller, meaning me at the time, could get so dirty in just one day. The reason for all my dirty clothes, I kept telling her, was caused from cleaning the horse, cow stalls, the pig pens, working in the fields, chopping wood, and many more chores which I couldn't think of at the time. I only got to wear my good clothes when we went to town on Saturday nights for the barn dances throughout the summer months. I had some real fine times at them dances, too. Actually, I wrote a number of stories relating them t- to them nights in town, and we'll share them with you sometime. My good clothes consisted of a pair of brown pants, which sort of looked like the blue jeans of today. My shirt was long-sleeved with white buttons to do it up with, and two large buttons for my shirt pockets, which was kind of handy to have as they kept some of my personal possessions from falling out. Along with a shirt, Laura made me a leather vest, which I wore with pride, as not too many folks had one back then. Later on in life, I even had a Stetson hat given to me. Here again, I wrote another story about that hat, and one of these days I'll let you hear it. Many times I've been asked, George, why didn't you wear short sleeve shirts? Well, come to think about it, I can't remember anyone wearing them. But there was were good reasons, though, for not wearing them. One would be the, that being outside working in the fields in the hot sun, the long sleeve shirt protected my arms, especially in the spring. Later on, though, in the summer, my arms toughened up a bit and the sleeves were then rolled up. Another reason for wearing long sleeve shirts was them pesky blood-sucking parasites like skeeters and black flies as they protected your arms and sure saved a feller from a lot of scratching. I remember one time a friend that I made in school invited me, for, me, invited me to supper. 
One could tell by looking at him that he didn't have the nicest clothes, but it didn't bother me any as I was always taught that clothes don't make the man or boy. I still think that way today, actually. Anyways, when I got home from school, I told Laura that I wouldn't be home for supper as I was invited out. She said that was fine, but I had better have a bath and put on my going out clothes. I did have my bath, but after giving it some thought, I decided not to wear my going out clothes. Instead, I put on my everyday work clothes as it as it was, Laura just washed them. So they were clean and, in my eyes, respectable enough without showing off. When I went downstairs, Laura looked down at me and asked how come I didn't put on my good clothes. Well, I said, I have seen what the young feller at school has been wearing these past few weeks and, well, I didn't want him or his parents to think we got more than they do. I also don't want them to get to thinking that I'm any better than they are. Laura, she smiled and gave me a hug and said, Be off with you then. Just be home before dark, as I don't need to be worrying about you. On the way out, I met Reg coming in from the fields. All washed up for supper, he asked. Nope, going out. Got an invitation for supper from a fellow that goes to our school. But I will be home before dark and help with the bedding down of the critters. Reg looked at me and said, Sounds good to me. I see you're not wearing your going out clothes, huh? Nope, not tonight, Reg, but as you have always said, you can't tell how much hay a man can pitch by the way his coveralls hang. You're right there, George, he laughed, and I headed on out to the barn to saddle up my my Jenny, my horse. That was my transportation, for those that were wondering. The thing a person has to remember is that as far as clothes went back then, they were a necessity, but one's eyes weren't built around them and no one ever judged you by what you wore. Actually, I could have worn the same clothes for weeks on end for all the company we got. However, now that you know about the, some of the clothes that I wore while growing up, I think it would be only fitting to let you in on how we clean them, or I should say, what we clean them with. And what would that be? Well, we used soap, just about like everybody else did. But it wasn't like the soap we used today by no means. Starting things off, there were a few days on the farm of growing up that I didn't like, and one of them would be when it came to having a bath. Summer wasn't too bad as I went swimming down at the creek, but come winter, well, that was a different story. What took place then was that in one part of the kitchen, Laura had a trellis that she hung her clothes on to dry. Behind that was where I took my bath. The privacy wasn't all that good, but most of the time there wasn't anyone there other than me and the old cat, and he didn't seem to mind. The soap, though, is what I want to talk about. For years, Laura made her own soap using ashes from hardwoods, which were taken from our old wood furnace. She liked them as they were like powder, saying they made the best soaps. For making soap, she had to get the lye, and lye comes from ashes. To start things off, Reg would have to make her a box to her liking. After, it, after he had it made, she had him drill holes in the bottom. She then covered the holes with different sized stones and put a layer of straw on top of the stones, which would act like a filter. She then took ashes from the hardwood and covered up the straw, I would say about two or three inches thick. Then she would take warm water from a rain barrel and cover the ashes till it laid on top of the ashes. 
Oh, and she always said that it had to be rainwater. The water from our well wouldn't work. Something to do with the softness, I think. In about three days or so, what water soaked through the ashes, straw and stones, and dripped out the bottom of the box would be the lye needed to make her soap. It was a procedure, for sure, but she did make some nice soaps, and there was never anyone in our home that went around looking dirty. For laundry, she didn't take the process any further. She just took a half a cup of the drippings and poured it into her, her wash water. Worked good, let me tell you, as my pants sure got dirty. I should mention that there is one thing that a person has to know before using the lye, which is figuring out the right strength. It can't be too strong or it could irritate your skin, and if you get it too weak, well, it wouldn't clean things at all. Now that might sound a bit complicated to some, being that we made it ourselves, but with a little ingenuity and some information passed on from her mother, she knew exactly how to do it. What Laura did, she got a pail of lye drippings, and then she would take a fresh egg from our morning collection and Put it, in it, put it in the lye. Once the egg floated about half in and half out of the lye water, she knew it was ready for making her bar soap. I also seen her using a potato, the same as an egg works, and she said it worked good too, but not as well as a newly laid egg. She also said that you could use a feather off a chicken or a goose and dip it into the lye. If the, fe if the feather disintegrated, you knew it was ready. I have to admit the feather disintegrating part made my skin hurt just thinking about it. But once Laura worked her magic, everything was transfer transformed into soap that was safe to use. Yep, we did things a bit different back then, but it wasn't for something just to do, as it was a necessity. As we didn't have any stores close by that we could run to every day, and for that matter, even if we did, we, we couldn't, as we just didn't have the money. Later on, we did switch over to store-bought soap, but only for a short spell. What happened was, the uh, first bath that Reg had with that nice smelling soap, he broke out in the rash. I have to tell you, I heard a few words that I had to ask Laura about the next day. Myself, I didn't get a rash, but it sure made my head itchy. I finally had to go for a swim in the creek, and even with that, it still bothered me for a day or so. Laura, she didn't say anything for a while until she seen that her laundry wasn't getting clean. Then she started to have problems with her hair, not looking and feeling like it should. I can still hear her talking while looking in the mirror, saying something about that damn nab soap making her hair so thick she couldn't get a comb through it. The last draw was when Reg came in one day from clearing off the fence lines with a bad dose of poison ivy. Luckily, Reg had some lye soap left and used it on Reg as the pure lye soap stopped it from spreading and soothed the itch. Short time after that, I heard Laura telling Reg, Reg, best you get to making me a new box so I can start making soap again. You and George being so tender and all, I can't bear to look at the two of you scratching all day long. There was no complaints and the box was made that afternoon. In closing... Reg got better, Poison Ivy was never seen in her house anymore, I stopped getting an itchy head, and Laura, after a week or so, got her nice shiny hair back to where she could get a comb through it.
That's it for today, folks. But before I go, I would like to mention that all my stories are also available in books. We have seven books to choose from, and each book has over 50 short stories. The titles of the books are One More Story, Moments in Time, Paths We Choose, Times Changing, Keep Turning Pages, Join Me in the Garden, and Nature's Gateway to Health. All of our books are available on Amazon.ca or Amazon.com in ebooks or paperback. If you would like more information regarding my books or podcasts, you can email me at any time at stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll say that one more time, stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll get back to you. You can also listen to my podcasts on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, The Walters Post, and Google Home. Just say, hey Google, play Just One More Story by George Walters. And if you enjoy my podcasts, share them with others or tell a friend. In doing so, it will help me make more podcasts for all to enjoy. And finally, I would like to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to tune in every Friday for a new episode of Just One More Story by George Walters.